0: Thank you for coming to Mutant Minority. It is our hope that everyone that enters this space, if you have not already found a way to add your energy, your voice, and most importantly, your story to the mission, we hope that you soon will. When we started this, we had no intention to begin each episode with a preamble of sorts. But in these dark times, it seems that we would be remiss if we didn't. As a person who has spent more than a few years of his childhood has as the only black child in a middle-class white neighborhood, I understand the allure of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy as a means to escape feelings of otherness, abuse, and even hunger. But it is important that we not let these moments become anything more than a respite. And when we are ready to move on, we start planning on how to make those stories ours. Stories that reflect not only our suffering and our losses, but our families and our victories. We are facing a backlash against progressive values and social progress. So at least until November 3rd, we're going to be here asking you to show solidarity. Solidarity against anti-Semitism, homophobia, Islamophobia, and scapegoating of Asian communities and immigrant families, whether it's in the courtrooms or in the streets. If we act against the Dakota Access Pipeline, voter suppression, secret police, or if we act in support of Black Lives Matter, we can't be afraid, Barack Obaggins. fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. Let's get into it. I arrive, forgetting, forgotten. Self unseen, my scenes willingly separate, where names
1: Name. shift, breathe, fury, catastrophe. Admitate. Admitate. War. War. Harmony. I dictate more harmony. Our gifts,
2: you empty. Our gifts, past. Tense Welcome to New Tent or Minority, ladies only edition. Uh, this is the first of its kind, I think, and I am Sonia the Barrister Salinas, and I'm with you with me today is, <laughs> why don't you introduce yourself, Janessa. This is Janessa
1: Masquego Flores-Parker, coming to you live from Redlands, California. <laughs> this is Nikki Naparaya-Green, coming to you live from, you know, my couch in Riverside, down by the river, the river's dried up, but we still here. <laughs>
2: Again, this is a Mutant or Minority and uh we're here to discuss a couple uh couple of flicks and uh shows that we've been watching, but before we get into the main event, um what have you guys been reading? What have you guys been watching other than what we're gonna talk about later? I
1: am a bona fide addicted to 90 day fiance. <laughs> I don't ever watch stuff like this ever in my life, but during quarantine, I've done things I've never thought I'd do in my life, but I love it. It's so ridiculous and absurd. And yeah, that's my guilty pleasure, but I am reading um, Dr. Bettina loves, we want to do more than survive, which is an excellent book. Um, and I just finished um, not your perfect Mexican daughter, which is actually oh, I read that. Yeah, really- good too. Mickey. Okay, so as far as um, what I am reading is Sacred Woman, I love it. I don't know if you guys have read this before. I'm going to show it to my sister. Sacred Woman by Queen Afua. This is just the dopeness. That's the realness. If you ever want to take some time out and just really connect with your business and see yourself as a female and every all, all the facets of your energy and everything, that'll change your life. No joke. As far as what I'm watching, I was going to say some other things, but since you mentioned my day, I'm (laughs) going to say, (laughs) I have also been watching something that is bananas, but delicious bananas. Uh, On Netflix, there's a show called, I think it's called Dating Around, right? And what they do is these people, they they have a person, just a good old-fashioned average person, and they take them on, they go on five different dates. The thing about it that makes it different is, Okay, first of all, the person is wearing um, the same outfit, but the way they cut it, they will have a. They'll start a conversation with someone, and they're talking to them, and then they'll cut back. And then once the other person replies, it's the different date. So they're intermingling all these interactions so that it's almost like a streamlined event. It's just very raw and unfiltered and unscripted, and you can see the difference after we've had all this reality television for so long and all this guided. Communication. What natural communication looks like. It's awkward as hell. It's funny as hell. You're just like, oh wow, they just did that. You know, it's
2: just so natural. It's entertaining. But you're like fewer no. of the witty comebacks and fewer, you know, fewer of the you know the jokes that fall flat. You're just like, wow, <laughs> that really felt-, <laughs> that felt Everybody thought your
1: mama saw that. Your kids are just <laughs> embarrassed. and you and and they're just going to keep on going and you just there's something so like raw and lovely about it it's pretty cool but at the same so it's it's and it's weird there's no there's no hype there's no little interchanging of people like so when he said that i was thinking this it's none of that you know the little intermittent it's just this is what happened and then it's very fun to watch with your friends because you're going to basically guess who's going to have the second date so at the end they have a second date with one of the five, and it's really difficult to tell who they hit it off with. You know, a couple of them be like, "Wow!" Some people really let their ass show. And they just like they're like, "I'm just going to go ahead and be me," and they and they were them, and that was just not the business. Check it out if you like that 90 day business. Check that out also because I know the 90 day that's pretty cool too. And Loki, I figured out why 90 day is what they do it because you can bring somebody from another country over. For ninety days, um, with the intention to marry. If you don't marry them within that ninety days, they gotta get the hell out. My stakes. So that's why I know. High stakes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I haven't been watching that much stuff. I've um, I've been busy, you know. This yeah, quarantine is rough on you know, you know, kids are four and eleven and I have no alone time and I, I daydream of being completely alone. <laughs> that's like my my one wish. A lot of times during the day, it's just like, can I just not be touched or talked to or anything for like ten minutes? Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, but i would also been reading. Um, I just finished. Uh, what is it called the witches are uh, the witches are coming. Yeah. In West. Have you guys read that? Uh, it's really interesting. She's like this, uh, you know, body positive author. She did the um, the one on, Netflix, on Hulu, the show on Hulu with the uh, heavier woman. What's that called? Uh, anyway, she's she talks about you know feminist issues, being a woman, a plus size woman, uh, being a sexual woman after a certain age. Um, but yeah, so that was a very interesting book. But I'm now I'm rereading um, How to Be Anti-Racist because everybody needs a reminder sometimes. <laughs> Let's see. All right, so one of the the shows that we watched was Upload. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director is Greg Daniels, and it was starring Andy Allo and Robbie Amell. So uh, the the gist of that show is you know uh, having a digital afterlife and all the interesting things that come with that. Uh, what do you think about it? I thought it was
1: great. Yeah. I really did. I thought it was um a really smooth, interesting transition into the possibility of the near future. You know what I mean? And a fun and I say when I say possibility, I mean some of the little the way they did the nuances of the different like inventions at the time was pretty cool. But and the way they would you know, they kind of seduced us with, Oh, you're driving your car, oh you're gonna go into Nintendo. You saw that it was like a Nintendo 64 thing. It wasn't even like a, wasn't even like a, a modern, like really cool, you know, controller. It was just like, I'm like, that's Nintendo 64. He's driving that car with, you know, but um, so like the little um, technical advances were pretty cool. But the thing about it is that it was very interesting in, as far as um, being able to uh, to see conscious as consciousness as a digital thing that can be transferred um, and. And the social economic disparities between what you're going to do with it, you know, where if you have enough money, it's going to be a beautiful experience. You can afford the, you know, you the heaven that you want. And and even then, it wasn't even necessarily the heaven that they wanted. If you notice, it's like here are, are particular heavens that you can join into, almost like you know some sort of a weird timeshare type place that you can go to that's wonderful. You know or a hotel or whatever the situation is but not necessarily ticky tacky uh exactly what you want which i'm sure since there's obviously gonna be a second season they'll probably show us what like the elites if they're gonna have like some sort of like very tailored existence after life but then you have the budget after life you know or and then, <laughs> okay, and then that was scary. It's like, damn. And, and the funny thing is like our main characters are talking about trying to create a free service or I mean a service where you can design your own, which makes sense. And that's what people had problems with taking charge of your own destiny and creating your own sense of wealth and without other people being able to capitalize on it, which is still somewhat some of the problems that we're having now, if you think in the big picture. So it was rhyming with a lot of things that are going on now, and you know. But I actually did appreciate the take that it came on. Like I, I recommended that to a few people just so I can have a conversation about it. I have more to say, but yeah, y'all jump in on it. I'm sure I'm going to jump off of your perspectives. No, I I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I just for me, I I it took me a minute to get into it just because I was too focused on what you were saying as far as like class consciousness and just. Just the fact that the the girlfriend um, basically made him go to a place that he may not necessarily have wanted to go mm-hmm. to, like fulfill still the the wants and that the wants that she had while he was still on Earth, and like to me just gave it was just giving me anxiety because like you said, like the notion of like okay, this is a possibility in the future and all this like that was cool and almost like Black Mirror style, but at the same time for me it was just like and he's still having to pay his debts to this bitch. <laughs> Like, you know she found a dope girl out up there and like even her role like with her father just that storyline was really to me was really sweet and powerful right But it was just like I couldn't focus on that because I was so annoyed with like these rich people still calling the shots oh my gosh yeah. so for me it was just it was just um that's why it took a while for me to get into it because I just every time that they would come on screen and these things would have um I would just get irritated
2: I thought, I mean, I thought it was kind of struck a good balance between kind of being light and, you know, kind of funny at points, you know, it was uh, amusing to see like the different things that people were doing in the afterlife and what they, you know, enjoyed or what what would I enjoy if I kind of existed forever, even if I didn't live forever, your digital existence just goes on and on, like, what would I actually want? But Correct. then it was, it was like, do we want to live forever? Does that diminish like... The value of life how precious it is and you know what like the like uh the main female character's dad he's like no i'm when it's over it's over i'm gonna go be with my dead wife right like <laughs> i don't want to live in this digital existence um, but he
1: didn't want to be with her still i don't think it meant that he didn't want to live forever he just didn't want to live in the bullshit they
2: created that's true you know what i mean that's how i took it yeah and it was it was really creepy that girl the girlfriend was just like controlling like dressing him giving him his allowance on what he could spend in the afterlife and that it actually cost money to be in the afterlife like dang they ain't never gonna have enough of us right like you have to be paid forever and ever at some point somebody's gonna run out of money right and then and then you die right like and then you stop existing and then when um, shows up at
1: the end and she was like I got you on money and she you know and like you're thinking when he's in the the budget the budget afterlife like rolls up I was like damn it like there she is again like I felt like he could have figured it out but now I would I'd, I'd go I'd be like get me out of here. Trolling ass Karen bitch you know <laughs> that's what it was and it was like yeah with her, it's like the 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 degree of control even into your afterlife you know kind of having to know what you're doing every two seconds yeah that that part bothered me, but you know what She was a device she was a device to let let you feel like um this is this is kind of like I said a lot of this is rhyming with the real world, and that's what it is. Anything that we do, there's a hoop you know that we're jumping through, and we can't be left to fuck alone because they are controlling this outer this construct you know this the you know just the structure of life they're all in every aspect of it, even if you die. Here we go. We still got some business for you. The thing that was like kind of tripping me out was um, the dad. Like you said, that whole thing with the dad, the dad is like, he wanted to live. See, So how I took it is he wanted to be with his wife, but it wasn't, I didn't take it as if when you're gone, you're gone. He said, I want to be with her. That meant there was something after that, that was, that they believe there's a whole nother way to exist outside of what had been designed by the powers that be. And he was just, he'd rather roll the dice because I'm sure he was sick of that shit. Like, yeah, I'm gonna roll the dice and just go wherever she went. And wherever I land, I land. If it's nothing, it's still better than that. I'm tired of that business. I mean, you still got bills in the afterlife, according to that. And if that was like the best place you can go, you still got bills. You know, you still got anxiety. Like, damn, I just want to drink from the freaking mini bar, you know? Or I'm just trying to whatever and you got to wait for upgrades and all that. Like, who wasn't trying to hear that noise? That brother brother got past the front door when he went to visit. You know, and it's just like he didn't want none of that. So he would rather bet on whatever he has going on that is not a part of the main construct or the cultural construct. And I and that right there alone, it was so tailored towards that one cultural view of perfection and of paradise, right? Because my paradise it's gonna be a lot of greenery. I'm not living in some hotel that looks like it's in Canada, like Ultimate Canada. Like you know, that's not mine. I'm out. I'm out in nature. You know what I mean? I'm out there like freaking making, you know, tilling the ground and having fun and chilling. There's water. Everything's fresh. I'm eating good food. There's dancing
2: going on. There's good music. I haven't see none of that. Victorian is What you're saying? No Victoria Manor for you. <laughs> Maybe for fun, he's like, let's go do some, let's go kick it. But
1: I mean, if we're talking paradise, that's not my paradise, you know? So even that alone, like, you know, that took some getting used to and it even seemed like that dude was like slightly funky. It
2: was kind of like, okay. You know? And then the breakfast. You're going to have time on breakfast. You're like, how is it paradise and I got to be up on time. <laughs> okay. Exactly.
1: How is it paradise when it's like bacon covered fucking donuts? I'm like, <laughs> Give me the vegan breakfast, dude. Like, you, you know, it's just it was just so, like, culturally narrow. Like, whatever. But I don't know, whatever. And then the angels, I love the way the parallels
2: are, and then how they were called angels. Yeah, they still wanted to make it a heaven and some kind of, uh, you know, had people to buy into, like, a religious experience as opposed yeah. to a capitalized experience. I think you're right as far as it did remind you that every part of life is monetized, mm-hmm. right? Like, every part of our existence you got to pay for something. Um, cater to a particular perspective. Right. Of whatever the apex
1: is, it's, that, it's from that perspective. Like, that's not my apex, you know what I mean, of existence or eternity.
2: Yeah. And what do you think of the characters? I mean, I liked, obviously, the angel. You know, they, they developed her pretty well as far as, you know, her relationship with her dad and, you know, getting to know this, this guy that recently died. And, um, well, before I move on to that, the thing that really creeped me out is that lady killed him. His girlfriend killed him. He could have survived. <laughs> like he didn't have to go to the afterlife.
1: And the insurance lady who was investigating when he was when he died, you know, she ended up dying too. So right. like, there's obviously some shadiness going on. And like, I'm trying to remember what is it? I mean, that was what he was working on, right? It was um, a different alternative,
2: right? He was trying to pitch a free afterlife. Yeah, okay. Uh, and yeah, and that's eventually why he got killed, right? Or at least that's what they teased. Yeah. Uh, Liken him unto the dude
1: that figured out how to run cars off water. Right. <laughs> it's a rat. You discover some stuff. And you're just like, uh oh.
2: Yeah, you're too. You're too dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna destroy a whole industry. We can. Yeah. do that. <laughs> Hey,
1: but that was real though. When that when that old man who kind of represented that like super old money, old world type of like, I've been running like the Coke brothers type guy, right? Like, yeah. He's and like, what did you discover? Oh, yeah, you were murdered. <laughs> <laughs> no conversation.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think they did a good job with her as a character. And in the main character, obviously, like, you know, they developed him. Uh, what did you think about the other angel? The other black lady that was the angel that was her friend in the...
1: I, I liked her character. I thought she because it was just, I mean, for me, it was, she seemed real, like, I knew her, like, she was a friend. Would have been my friend in the afterlife and in real life, so uh, I appreciated that about her. Um, that brought good comedic comedic relief to the characters, but yeah, she seemed to function outside of like catering to the construct, right? Kind of, like, fun on. So yeah, you, like, because you're already off the construct, you're already pissed when you're watching it, and she's just like, "No, I'm about to handle this." And you know, she. I like the way that they let her take control of the situation from a hardcore realistic, like. I'm not trying to, like, cater to your sentiments type of deal.
2: Yeah, she was much more real with her, uh, whatever they called them, she, her the people that she was in <laughs> charge of. I yeah, thought she, they were going to get with her dude. Did you guys? At a certain did. point, I thought they were going to be, like, you know. Oh, yeah, doing- that one dude that was a pain in the ass, like, and she was always coming down. <laughs> there was some tension there. Yes, there was some tension. <laughs> right? Because he was kind of thinking outside the box, too. He's
1: always trying to cut those corners and, you know, you saw him trying to get with the person in real life and all that. And she was always doing the same, you know, she's kind of feeling the same way. So I think if it were a different show, they probably would have like got together, but who knows? Maybe yeah. season two. I know. The,
2: um, the, other, the other thing that was kind of creepy about it is how much other people will control you. Not only the girlfriend, but even that little boy character that had been dead for like 10 years and his mom didn't want to let him grow up in the afterlife yeah that's I mean it's kind of reminded me of those vampire movies where they turn you at 12 and then you're just a kid for the rest of your life right um but yeah that was another outside factor outside of your heaven right uh, controlling your
1: existence it even made me think about like those people I don't know if you ever saw the animation of there's like this old lady like there's this couple and a man and um, a woman and they're you know older 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 couple and the man dies, and then the woman is there. She's left, the grandmother, and every time she gets close to passing, her family is like, give her all the juice, and keeps bringing her back to life. But in the animation, you see that every time her spirit is trying to walk to her husband, her family keeps pulling her back into her body. And um, so it kind of reminded me of, it made me think about the ties that people have to their, you know, their dead ones that's not what they're called dead ones what the hell are they call lost ones yeah uh, that would probably be past ones, <laughs> dead, <laughs> ones dead ones like not Answer right <laughs> comment or label there but they can't let them go because or suffering ones or you know on life support because they're using them to keep themselves you know at uh, you know at whatever equilibrium they have so just like they were keeping him all young and cutesy. I think that was for them, you know, so it makes you think how many people w- within this death conversation or about-to-die conversation have people hanging on so that they can feel comfortable, you know, because not, they're not ready to deal with it and move on. So I'm going to watch season two, I think. So if it comes out... <laughs> so you know I'm going to watch it, and honestly,
2: I was a little pissed that this thing didn't just wrap up and be done. Right. I'm like, what? Season I it's two? I always got to have a cliffhanger. They can't keep us coming back. Another... uh for a later episode, but um, have either one of you watched Altered Carbon?
1: I haven't yet. No.
2: Okay. So it's I supposed to be, be not normal. all of it, but yeah, I'm in, in the middle of watching it. Yeah, so it's supposed to be a little bit of a darker, more gritty version of Upload, uh, having to do with the afterlife and your existence outside of your body. And oh yeah, um, similar. Uh, I'm gonna check that out too. Black
1: Mirror later.
2: Let's talk about a Black Mirror. Let's have a Black Mirror. Did you guys watch all
1: of those? Not all of them. I, I ooh, I know <laughs> too much. Right now, yeah, right now everything seems black mirror in real life. So Dude, yeah, That's- we watched all of it. My family loved it until like the last one, the very, very last one. Did you watch all of them, Sonia? I don't remember the last one. Where it was the brothers that were homies, but they
2: kept meeting I that gave- video game? I love that one.
1: It was good. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, whatever. Okay. Where are we going now?
2: We're gonna go on to. I 'm not okay with it I'm not okay with it. Uh, let's see That one was uh, written by Jonathan N Whistle uh, and Christy Hall, and it was directed by Jonathan, and it's starring Sophis Lillis, Wyatt, Olaf, and Sophia Bryant. Um, I'd never seen these young actors before, but they were really impressive. I thought they were really all of them were really good um, and I like the story. It was like a slice of life meets, you know, with, with working class neighborhood with this girl growing up with a single mom mm-hmm. and uh, and all like the feelings she had when she started discovering these powers. What did you guys think? I mean, I I thought it was a sweet story. I definitely, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, yeah, it was easy to
1: watch. And I, I, lo- I guess I'm still a sucker even at my age for like teen rom-com or anything. <laughs> because I feel like it's therapeutic for me especially when she was kind of an outsider and just trying to find their space and I, I felt like I connected with that um that role um and also her homeboy what was his name Stan was it Stanley I think it was Stanley yeah the kid with the curly hair when didn't wear shoes Absolutely loved his character and um yeah I was rooting for him even though I knew that that she wasn't down for that but just like that support that he he offered her I thought that their relationship was sweet um so yeah I I I liked it what about you Nikki I thought it was good I mean you know to stay in line with the, the topic of the night I thought it was good it was easy to watch I know if I'd watched it you know I thought it was the same you know I always have a soft spot for any outsider trying to deal with the status quo and be the best person they can be within Whatever the construct is and I'm like, it was it was good. It was sweet. The characters were sweet and everything. And at the same time, to like dive with what we're talking about, um, I'm pretty sure that if I discovered that I had some powers, I wouldn't be all upset and shit like that. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Who do you know? Who do you know that's gonna discover that they can get this and just like make stuff blow up? I would be like, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> thank you,, oh God, thank you. Let me go pray to everybody and every relative I've ever had. Thank you, thank you for giving me some powers. like who would be upset about powers? I can understand if you're a little frustrated because you can't control them, but what world are they in where they don't know that they can't just learn to control that or at least work on it? I'd rather have a problem that I could work on or a power that I would need to work on to just than just like have nothing. That's just some like. Joking, that's some rich kid stuff. But it's not. But it's not the rich kid stuff. It's like the wealth of ease of life. You know what I mean? Like, what person, what kid do you know that is a child of you know any type of strife that wouldn't be like totally delighted? Mind you, her power was kind of destructive, right? So when she felt very strong, or her anxiety or anger, anything like that, she could affect her environment. And I see. For us, well, I'll see for her how that could be disruptive, right? But I think for us, it'd be like, man, you know, it would just be the exclamation point. Like, yeah, you really don't want to mess with me, you know, or you really don't want to call me that, or you really, really, you know, you don't, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry type of deal. And I, I would just feel so happy and blessed. Like, I didn't get any of that. I mean, I got it, but I'm like, that's culture.
2: That's right. culture. Well, no, I, mean, I feel like she was, like, figuring out so much. She was already different in so many ways. Like, her dad uh, committed suicide, and she's a single mom in this town. She has a single mom in this town, and and she's already questioning her sexuality. or You know what I mean? Like, there's all, all these things that make her so different. Right. That, you know, that would be good news to me. I'd be like, hey, okay, a win.
1: <laughs> you know? you yeah. know yeah, my parents gone, but hey, I got some power, so let me just go ahead and focus on these powers for a minute, but you know, I'm an optimist, so I don't know,
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was it was a a good story, it was yeah nice totally coming especially bringing it back to basically implying that her father probably had these kind of powers, and that's one of the reasons he killed himself, like he didn't understand yeah. how to do it, you know what I mean, like so all of these things coming mm-hmm. for circle, I thought it was a good a good story but it is like a different um like set in this weird like i i was talking to jared about it earlier about how these stories can just be slice of life if it's like rural america white kids right Right. Mm -hmm. um but anything that involves people of color always has to be connected to a bigger picture right or to you know if you have a latina character something Mm -hmm. she's having some part problem in the barrio right like she like it's not Can't just have a simple story, it has to be connected to like this big, uh, socio economic discussion. So, what did you guys think? And you think this could be a story that they tell just about, you know, a random black kid or a random uh, brown kid?
1: I feel like the white kid is always the go to. I mean, other than in the Spider Verse movie with Miles, that's the only, that's only the most recent, off most recent show that they had with the student that was up student, with the kid that wasn't white, that had superpowers and just found them. And they, and once again, like Nikki was saying, like he was, he was stoked. Like he was like, <laughs> oh yeah, I can do all this shit. Um, you know, and he was obviously dealing with issues as well, but like their react, his reaction was completely different. You know, so yeah, I can't think of any other situations or, or characters as of recent anyways. right But then again, I'm watching 90 Day Fiance, so what do I know? <laughs> You know, you know what you know, you know what you yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. In art, we have this thing like that we consider called the, it's called the male gaze, right? The gaze, so like earlier I said, it's the gaze. When we talk about the male gaze, we talk about how a lot of art that is celebrated and everything is, is always viewed from, you know, Caucasian male eye, the gaze, how they see, you know what I mean? And that's how everything is kind of, you know, that's the filter when it comes to, to lots of art, especially when it comes to anything that is um, like portraiture or showing life, right? So showing just like regular daily life. So when I see this, I think about the 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 lens. I consider the lens that we're watching this through, right? So like you said, anytime there's like a Latina woman or something or a Latina, per, Latina person, then there's gonna be like some broader issue attached, Right. Or if there's somebody Black, there's like a broader issue. Even with like Raising Dion, like she's, you know, now she's a single woman. And then, you know, there's always like this struggle. And and what is the broader issue? It's going to be like some struggle. It's some stereotypical ethnic stuff, right? As opposed to just some female stuff or just some, you know, just a, a, a teenage thing. It's going to be attached to the broader issue. And that's because I think the people, a lot of times the people writing and the people watching can't get past that and that's a part that's attached to the character it's not just a pure gaze of somebody see a person a teenager a neighbor a cook a chef but this and that they see you or they see us and all the external shit that's attached to us you know or that that they attach to us yeah, you know it's, exactly. yeah when i that might not even be the issue yeah. it's like we're just kicking it. And we're just, you know, I'm looking for this or looking for that. Or I'm just a teenager trying to figure out if I'm gay or straight or bi or anything else, you know, that's it. That's what the story is. That's it. I'm not talking about like all this external struggles that we have to deal with or external issues, I should say. But the brighter, I think a lot of times, sometimes even benevolently in order to be considerate, to the character, they're going to address all these other things because they know that's what we live through and have to deal with on a daily. But mm-hmm. instead of just plopping in a character that just deals with, you know, being them. Did you guys, um, it's, uh, Oh, on my block. Did you get yes. to see that? Did you watch that? Okay. So I watched that too. I, I love that. I watched that with my niece too. And okay. So, you know, the little black character in there that the boy, the little boy, yeah. That he's just like totally nerdy. He's yeah. totally has like, you know, he has anxiety, he's all whatever. That right there to me was just a great character because it wasn't all about like him and his plight of trying to get through XYZ. Mm-hmm. It was just him as a kid and everything about being a kid at that age, right? And it would and in all this awkward stuff was awesome and completely still relatable to to all people of color and people not. Not a color, color. Right. Um, But you know what I mean? <laughs> no color, color color. The melanin deficient. So all, you know, it was relatable to everybody, right? And I totally respected that, um, that character. It cracked me the hell up. And, you know, so that's but I think that is really difficult for people to do, you know, but they accomplished it, those those people. And so when you're saying like Sonia like it has all the stuff attached to it. And, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and you know, we're, we're not just a character. We're, like, all, all of the things that we have to deal with. Well, I think we're a lot of times we're all the things that other people have to deal with when they deal with us.
2: Right. See, I said all that. And then I thought that the the only Black character that they, that they had in, um I, and I'm not okay with this, was kind of not as well developed as the other character. <laughs> so, and I was like, they didn't really address her as any, you know what I mean? It could have been anybody in there, her, her, the fact that she was a black girl living in this all white town didn't really register. Yeah, and I don't did. know if that's good or bad, right? Like, yeah, if like sure, you sure. want that, a lot of people want that. They don't want it to be the first thing people think about, but also it in our society, if she's the only black kid, she's gonna
1: have some black issues. Balance, we just need some balance, that's all. you don't have to like you know make her like a tool. if you don't have if you don't address anything so i guess balance is worth you got to have some balance you can't have her like sitting there doing some stuff that doesn't make any cultural sense right so you got to have some cultural sense but she doesn't have to be there like struggling and you know seeing negro spirituals and shit like that right (laughs) parents or whatever you can she can but at the same time she doesn't have to be completely devoid and unaware of herself.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, in all its facets. Um so you the
2: know? other thing we watched kind of, you know, tying to storytelling of black characters is uh fast color. Yeah. That was I mean, I was saying earlier how there was never like just slice of life stories, but that was straight up a slice of life story. Uh that was kind of slow moving. Um it took me a long time to like get into it, but I thought it was uh I thought it was well done. You know, it really the the powers and the supernatural part of it was kind of ancillary to the relationships between the mom and the daughter and the granddaughter, right? Like the story was their relationship. It wasn't really this ability that they had. Um, what did you guys think? Go ahead, Janessa. So I talked a lot.
1: <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Um appreciate all of you no I I think for me just like the intergenerational relationships and just how you know the the daughter living with the grandmother and then the mom being gone and coming back like I feel like that is a familiar story within my own family so I was able to appreciate that just yeah I was kind of thinking about a lot of things when I watched that um I did I did it it was it was I watched actually watched that with with Daryl in um you know, he had his own commentary throughout it. It was like watching Mystery science, theater the whole time. <laughs> Hated the ending. Like so <laughs> like you know, it's almost like I forgot we watched the movie because he was so mad at the end. <laughs> Which we could talk about, to, like the budget ended type movie. What is the shit? Like he was like not happy about it. So, but um, I, I did. The storyline was interesting, um, but like you said, it wasn't really focused on the supernatural. Like, and even even for a while, like, you know, when she would have her seizures and the earthquakes would, would happen, like, I was still trying to piece together and figure out what the connection of all of this was. Um, and I know, obviously, there's a, that's the thing. It's like, the grandmother had these powers, the daughter had these powers, the granddaughter had these powers, but, like, what do they mean? Right. Like, that was, like, the whole point where I was, like, really looking to try and figure out what the deeper connection was to that so but while I was also happy that they were able to mend the relationship like the granddaughter being able to go back to her mom and like that that storyline too because I mean that's always a a good happy ending you know that doesn't always happen so you know they were able to talk about their traumas and or at least work work through them um as opposed to just you know the mom just taking off again, which I thought she was. She was gonna leave the daughter with the grandmother again. So it was like, oh shit.
2: I, I mean, other than you know, like I said, I thought it was a little slow, and you know, I wanted to see some supernatural shit, right? And it wasn't. It wasn't really focused on that. Uh, other than that, uh, I did think it was a good, like, like a good story about black motherhood without all the baggage that other people bring into it, right? Like the they had a relationship that I felt like the grandmother grew, you know, like she had a really fractured relationship with her mother, or with her daughter, and then with her granddaughter, she was making different choices, right? Like, and I think that is probably universal among, amongst mothers, but you don't see that story uh, about black women. What did you think, Mickey?
1: I thought a lot of that stuff,
2: but at the same time,
1: how come she didn't tell that child who her daddy was? <laughs> well, can we start there? That <laughs> could have been avoided, you know? The dudes coming over all the time anyway, smiling in everyone's face. Why not? She's the little girl is obviously having some problems trying to figure out what's going on with her, who she is. She's having these seizures that's making the earth shake.
2: I mean, I, didn't, I that part I didn't get. Right. Like why not? You know, yeah. and the rationale that they were trying to protect the, her from what. Have- Right, like, from the, like, apparently from the people that caught them, grandmother at the end, right? Like, the-
1: I know, but I mean, if the dad was already somewhat of a protector, yeah. why does she know her daddy? You know what I mean? So that right there, just like, you know, with the whole Black motherhood thing, I don't see. I would be like, I don't know who wouldn't say that. I mean, she's obviously half white or half something, and this dude's kicking it all the time, showing up. Like, I, that's the disconnect right there for me. And I think she could have benefited from that because the girl is obviously feeling quite rejected and outside of a lot of stuff. Then, you know, with her just running away because the mother is trying her best to, what, raise her and address her, her powers and figure that
2: out. I don't know. I yeah, felt like super authoritarian, right? Like, that was the whole thing. Like, she used super authoritarian because she wanted to protect her from herself and from the people that were out to get women with powers, Right. Right. Uh, but I mean, where's the
1: empowerment? Right. Usually when you're afraid of things like that, if I think that's the only part that was unrealistic to me with the terms of black motherhood. You're sitting here, you're in a city, you're going from city, to city, or at least in a city where you're kind of, doesn't seem like you're of the same group that you're in. So you're already kind of socially semi-isolated. You're worried about all these people coming to get you. Your kid is having all these powers. Like, why wouldn't you try to? I don't know. I mean, I know it's fantasy, so you can't like go too deep in it, or whatever. But as I'm just watching and stuff, I'm like, okay, it's, you know, it's a show. Yeah. But for me, I was just kind of like, my mother, and my grandmother had these same powers. And you see how the grandmother was helping the daughter, I mean, the granddaughter, right? Helping her, like training her
2: and all these sort of things. I mean, I felt she turned a corner with a granddaughter. Like, it didn't work with her daughter. Like, she was trying to just get her not to use her powers and, you know. Do you didn't remember
1: know how, the da- da- ra- how the grandmother was, though? I mean, like, the mothers, like, she got it from her mother, right? So yeah. what did she get from her mother? Was her mother the same way with her? It made her feel, t- you know, did her mother try to empower her? Because she seemed to know a lot about
2: herself. And if she did, how come she didn't do that for her own daughter? Or I think it was all care-based stuff with her daughter. Huh? and then I think it was a lot of fear-based stuff with her own daughter and then moving on to with her granddaughter trying to do it differently right trying to teach her let her explore you know because that yeah. little girl was doing all kinds of stuff right
1: like oh God, that girl was fire I was okay. like yeah you know <laughs> and she said she was stronger but I don't know I really felt bad for that main character that was running around living in fear going from place to place had no sort of like self-esteem and was just living in constant like you know she just didn't know anything about herself like that and then I felt bad for her that she didn't have that and then when she showed up and her daughter was just like so trained and poised and everything it, I just
2: felt really sorry for her but um yeah she got the short end of that mothering stick right like she didn't yeah. get the good, did and, good and the fathering because she didn't know you know what I mean
1: like everything so like this is sad. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at this chick, i like, oh, this is really sad. Like her, you know, her childhood
2: was Jack. She was like, freaking like outsider, kind of like, she didn't understand her stuff. And, and is that why you in, like ending? Because it went from like, super being sad to being like, kind of hopeful yeah. at the end. He was oh. just like, this, he's like, that was some bullshit. Like, <laughs>
1: nothing about that movie that he was like, I watched it because, I I had asked him to but he's like I would never watch that again and I wouldn't tell somebody to watch it either me either he's like I see the colors I see the colors mom I'm like girl yeah (laughs) and this is the this is the height of your connection with your mama like sad sad you know her little girl's just like she's seeing them colors. she think that's something you know (laughs) But I don't know. I feel kind of sad about that, and that, and the whole, you know, I don't know. That character was a very sad character for me. And that show, when, after, when it was done, I was like, ugh, I was glad. I needed to watch a cartoon after that shit. I ain't gonna lie.
2: <laughs> <All right. laughs> so too much of a downer. Down. So, what do you think think about the casting? I mean, it's it was uh, it was directed by a white woman, I think. Um, and I don't know. At some at times when I was lo- watching it, I was thinking, could this have been a colorblind casting? Could it have been like anybody, or was it about black women?
1: You know, what's funny is that to me, this okay. What we were talking about earlier with the the um, I'm not okay with this mm-hmm. and the anxiety and the angst that she felt with about her gift or whatever, the way she treated that and her relationship with this power. This is kind of like a similar sentiment, but now you have this brown face on it, and I think again there is as there's a cultural disconnect because that could have been played by any anybody, but I think honestly, like Sonia, okay, Janessa, if you'd have known like dang, when I sleep in the or about this stuff happens. I just feel like you probably think a little bit different. You wouldn't just run around scared and upset and angry, so in a way. This is kinda of like we were talking about where I think if you create a character like that and you do kind of deny the um the the character's cultural view on the world, there becomes there's a little bit of um it's a little disingenuous what's going on, you know? And then it's just fantasy and you just like watch it and you're like, A hey, okay but when you analyze like this, you're like, nah man but power would be a different situation even if my mom was tripping I think my mom you know I'd be like mom but check it look what I can do you know look at this it would be a little bit different but I do feel like that was kind of I did see how the storylines rhymed as far as their relationship towards their power there's a lot of they, they didn't understand it and they viewed it as a problem
2: right I mean, I and mean, it's not okay, it was earlier in the process, right? So um we don't know how she's going to react after you know blowing up that dude's head later, you know later uh and the woman in, in the daughter in vast color she went you know she went off and got addicted to drugs and you know she was trying to self-medicate, you know, trying to not deal with it, so I mean I, I see the parallels in the story, um but I just think that it's not okay with it was I don't know, it was done better. Maybe fast color. I don't. I don't know. I didn't enjoy it as much. Yeah, it had a sweetness, you know, right. where the other one was just constant underbelly and confusion. And just right. It was darker. That. Like, but it's not okay. It seems hopeful at at points. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fast color, it seemed very. It seemed very dark. Although I did think um, that the relationship with the the grandmother sacrificing at the end, saying you know, let my daughters and my granddaughter yeah. go. I probably mended their relationship and, um, and was hopeful in that end. But it was like, you had to wait a long time for that hope. <laughs> in that movie. Yeah,
1: You did have to,
2: right? <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to Raising Dion because it, uh, it's a kind of an older show. We, uh, but I thought it would be great to discuss since we're, you know, talking about mothering Black children and um, being Black mothers and my mothers of color. Uh, I thought I've been looking forward to, to Raising Dion for a long time. I guess since you sent that treatment, I don't know, how long was that? Like, Ages had, ago had to be like 10 years ago, Nicole. Yeah. And um, um, everything. and you guys, do, do you have, make sure you have
1: that book. Because I ordered four of those comics from the writer. And I know I gave one to you. I have one for myself, one for Ezra, and one for my brother. So okay. make sure you have it. Because if you don't, I do, I do
2: have an extra I'll give you guys. But you should have it. When you said that treatment, I was super excited because I thought that it was going to be, I mean, I thought it was going to be a story about the mom, right? Like, okay, she's mothering this child and, you know, like, and, mm-hmm. and everything he gets to do. And it was, you know, it was mostly about that, but it was, I got to say, it wasn't what I expected from the treatment. The story went into a lot of like, the, it was well done. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. uh, but it went into a lot of like the same like superhero villain things that you see. Uh, and it was not based as much on her as right. I thought it would be. Uh, did you have different expectations from the original treatment that you saw? And also the the mom was way lighter. I remember the, the, the original treatment had this dark skinned woman. There, right. there were some black people. There were straight up black people, some
1: Negroes and shit. I'm like, mm, all right, let me see. Yeah, is that normal shit? But yeah, it was just some straight up black people which made it really sweet and endearing because there are some good old fashioned, just straight up black people, dark skin black people. It's, it's a little dark, cutesy little boy and let them do their thing. Yeah, that, that shit, that usurp.
2: And it did seem like, I remember the treatment seems more like normal. You know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. normal everyday people as opposed to, you know, he ended up, the dad and raising Dion ended up being like this, um, you know, weather person expert and she was a dancer, which is, you know, it's not everyday occupations for anyone (laughs) Uh, you know so I just thought it was going to be a
1: dream of being a dancer (laughs) but I'll settle for being a secretary of a dancing place
2: (laughs) (laughs) but overall I like I said I enjoyed it and I was really happy to see um a story like that you know because I don't think it's it's told very often
1: yeah it was it was cool
2: and I thought, I really liked the character, the um, actor who
1: played that little boy, who played Dion. Yeah. he's just Sweetie Pie. I really liked his, I felt like um, he really brought a lot of just himself. You know, it seemed as if, I don't know, I just feel like if I, if we met him and we we're all chilling, that a lot of his natural self was what became that character. You know what I mean? He's really darling. Um you know what's funny about this show is Beams Beams was watching it and she watched almost the whole show um when I was, you know, working and then when you had asked me to watch it, I was like, uh Beam was like, Oh, I've already seen that. So my six year old <laughs> watched it and had her own. But no, I I, I agree. I, I really appreciated Dion's character and kinda like Nikki was saying earlier earlier about, you know, a kid you know a young black boy he gets these powers and he's like hell yeah like and he wants to use it and he's like trying to do all these things as opposed to like he didn't want to hide it you know even though he um he wasn't able to control it at first but he was so excited and i think that's like i think any how old was he eight nine just i just appreciated that about him because like he was it was it was it was fun to watch and then also um you know, as he was learning and, you know, the backstories about his dad and, and, and everything too, it was like, it was just pretty, for me, it felt more genuine of all the shows that we watched, just that those relationships that he had with his mom and, um, you know, and even with creepy um, God Godfather. I mean, I did like the character, but like he was, he was, there were some points where I was just like, it's a, it was a little much.
2: When I talked to Jared about it, he did, he's like, I don't know why. She was so like before the turn, you know, or he was getting so involved and overstepping and she mm-hmm. had to put her foot down and be like, you need to back off. Jared didn't see. I was like, girl, you don't, you have to be a woman to see, <laughs> like you have to see a woman to see how that leads to the next step of him being a stalker,
1: right? Like, you All in your business. Right. <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, I'll be real. I saw, I felt him when he was like, I feel like you've been kind of taking advantage of me. Yeah. Because she knew he liked him. (laughs) I need to do this. Can you watch him? Right? She knew that dude liked him. And for a little bit, it might be Jack Tripper, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's Jack Tripper. I think it's Jack Tripper. Let's check it though. I mean, I know that he was just being a friend, but uh, I mean, she saw him. If she could not tell that this dude is here nonstop, not just because best friends, but he's like, I mean, she knows who she was. She was gorgeous. She was this and that, mm-hmm. and here's
2: this single dude that's like constantly there, yeah, I'm alone, trying to do this all by myself. I might be okay with dude coming over and picking up the kid, right? right like, yeah. you excuse it, right? You're like just like see you later and then when it wasn't okay anymore then it wasn't okay anymore right yeah, like, because that because that brother because let's be real that yeah. brother at the dance company gonna
1: <laughs> change on that shit i was like yeah it's gonna be a rap from homie He <laughs> didn't even have to go pick you know baby
2: boy up from school he was just gorgeous, out. gorgeous, and just <laughs> sweet and talented. I mean, I, liked, I ended up liking the, the woman that was um, cast as the mom. I thought she was, uh, you know, really good. But yeah. I, I have to say that when I first saw her, I was like, really? You know, like, <laughs> they put this lady, she's too pretty, she's too young. Yeah, but, you but know, that, you know, mean, the character is cool, so you're going to wind up
1: liking her. Right. The character is cool. She's a mama, she's doing her business. The character is going to, it doesn't even matter, I think, who's going to be in there because what she's going to say and do is going to be dope ultimately. But it's more like just can we have that sentiment and that realness and that sweetness attributed to the person that usually has to be cast as the terrible, mean, freaking, loud, angry woman that nobody likes. That's usually who, you know, they're casted as. But now there is an opportunity, and I think that was part of the writer's light was, you know, or his goal was to show the sweetness of this character that's usually passed as, like, you know, next, you know, that type of person, you know. What do you want? Always an attitude and everything, which is, like, the modern-day Mammy, you're-in-trouble-with-Mammy character right. that we have to play. But this one was actually like the motherhood and the sweetness and love between mom and son and all that and oh you're special this is how I'm gonna support you this is how I'm gonna fight for you I'm gonna be whatever and like that opportunity to see that part but they just freaking just cut that shit out you know and just put it like elsewhere and that's that's something that nobody really thinks about and it's cool that we're talking about it right now but you know that that's the thing. whoever you are listening to this, and you're like, well, what does it matter what her skin shade is? It's because that part of the bread, right? The melanated spread, the darkness, scary crap to the writers and to the majority of the viewers, but to the people that share that, like, no, there's a sweetness that's never being shown. And if you actually have a character that is like written to show the sweetness, which is never there, you feel a little offended that, that gets deleted and pushed over to somebody else i mean the whole point is to expand your
2: concept of these people but see, I, I think that we were uh you know tainted we saw like the treatment like people that saw raising dion just cold without ever seeing anything before that um uh, you know they they probably didn't think about her skin shade at all right uh-huh. like so i mean janessa you never you never saw the treatment you never saw the comic book mm-hmm. uh did I even register for you that she was a light-skinned black woman?
1: I didn't, I, I was more caught up in kind of what you were saying earlier about her leaving medical school and like becoming a dancer, like in that, <laughs> I'm going to survive now, you know, and that. And then also, um, yeah, it was I, was, I was caught up in that as opposed to her skin color. But had I seen the treatment, I probably would have questioned it and been like, this is not what you wrote about. And, you know.
2: But I do think that, um, that they did a good job with the balance on this one as opposed to the other shows. Like, this was written about a Black family, mm-hmm. right? Like, they, it wasn't, like, there was points in it where they were mentioning his skin color without, like, it wasn't um, the focus, I would say, but it was not avoided. Yeah. Like, in, like, when they were talking about him going to school and the yeah. private school, he's like, why are you going to send him there, <laughs> right? Like, he's going to be, like, the one Black kid at that private school, yeah. And that's conversations I've had, right? Like, I always think about that. I was like, I want my kids to be the only anything at that school. But so what did, What did you guys think about that? Did you, that register for you?
1: Oh, that that was right away. And especially just because we had just had this whole conversation with our own kids. Like, Eli is the only Black kid, biracial kid in her, in her grade. And um, it was actually, It's kind of a little backstory, but um, their school hadn't made a statement about what happened with George Floyd. And then, so the students got a petition going, and it got zero traction. They basically told them, like, we don't want any of this, you know. And so, Alaya and some of her friends were speaking out about it, and they tried to silence them. So that's when I got on Facebook, and I was like, if you love my kids, you will write to their school. And like everybody was, you know, supported, and the school actually ended up making a statement. But like, I had just had this whole conversation with Alaya about, you know, just because you are, you know, the only black kid at your school doesn't mean that you have to act a certain way or you have to, you know, fit into the criteria that they're expecting you to. And I said, don't you dare ever let them silence you. We just had that conversation. And then all of a sudden we're, I'm watching Raising Dion and then, you know, the principal, you know, singles him out and wants to suspend him. But the little white boy, he gets a pass. And it was just like, so that part right away, I was just already just pissed. Because right. that, that happens. That is totally what happens. I mean, even in my job, I, the only kids that have been suspended from preschool have been black kids, you know, and I've been in my job for seven years. And I'm like, this is a reality of, of what, you know, kids of color, especially in predominantly white spaces and institutions and schools, like they're going to be targeted because there's a lot of racists and bigots that are teachers and that are in education. So, yeah, I definitely um, noticed that right away. I, I, yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, that struck with me just because I'm constantly worried about how they age my kids, right? Like, my kid's only 11, you know, she, and I feel like she's already getting attention from men, right? And she's already being treated as somebody much older than her very young 11-year-old self, right? Like, and I'm not, and I think to myself, I was like, when I was 11, was I treated that way? Um, I don't remember really but it seems like it happens so much with kids of color right like they're not allowed to be children very long so that when they were that, the fact that they were talking about that and that they it was a focus I obviously appreciated that well yeah, it's very true
1: young girls of color are treated like I mean look I started wearing a blonde when I was in third grade by the time I was a seventh grader I had a woman body by the time I was in eighth grade I had a taller woman body. You yeah. know, and but still as a kid, but you don't get treated that way. Right. And we about our young little black boys, the sons, they're getting treated
2: like young men. So there really is a. But it's often, often not even young men, they're being treated like criminals. Oh, yeah. Well, like they're being attributed, you know, they make mistakes and they're criminals, not kids making mistakes. But not even
1: kid cr- criminals, grown ass men criminals you know like we're gonna try him as an adult like why is yeah. an adult, are you afraid of him So he has to be an adult because you're afraid of him like yeah and and what you're saying is like totally true like uh you know I'm sure you guys had it I don't know how when you guys started to develop or
2: whatever but oh, I was a little girl well into high school but yeah it was very uh different for me in that respect I felt like I was treated like a kid much longer because of that Um, black parents you just
1: can't get over because of the treatment you've had everyone before you has had all the preparation that you you've had for the world I mean it's genetic and then when you have your child it's just like it's so hard to just let them be and as a child of some of black parents going into the world and if you're a little funky or anything at all and you like to do all these you know, so-called out-the-box crazy things or are thinking these crazy ways. Um, all you want to do is blast off, but your parents are so terrified because they understand the constructs of the world we are about to try to blast off into. It's tough, and it might seem like cramps you. It cramps your style, right?
2: But it's- I feel their parents though, like because I, I, I'm struggling with with keeping like the I. I want to keep her safe. I want to keep my children safe. Right. But I also, don't want them to be fearful and I want them to you know believe that they can do you know what they wish to do they don't they're not you know dictating that their lives are not dictated by anyone else but them mm-hmm. but it's also you know what I mean like you have to be realistic in the fact that you know she because we were talking about for example college mm-hmm. um, and I said well I want you to go to college and she's like well, I don't know not every, not everybody goes to college I was like yeah but you have to go to college because if you don't go to college you know the world's going to see you differently. Than some other lawyer's kid that didn't go to college, right? Like, <laughs> uh and she's not feeling it, so we'll revisit that discussion in ten years when she's ready to go to college. I feel like with with Laya,
1: you know, because she's going to be fourteen in two days, three days. She's me fourteen, and you know, she's very obscure. And I mean, honestly, if I were, if there was a character that I could compare her to, it'd be um, Uh, from Blackish Junior. Yeah. That's a lie. Like she's in the Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) Chivalry and she like makes cakes for fun and she's teaching herself Japanese and learning anime songs and that's what she does all day long. And for me, because I was the weird goth kid from Hemet, I'm able to be like, okay, that's cool. She's doing her thing, but Daryl has a really hard time. He's like, ah, like every time she does things, he like, like, he just, he cringes and he's like, what were you saying? Which, which ones? What makes him cringe? Oh, uh, everything. Everything. Just because, um, for me, same thing. Like I was, when I started going through puberty, like I was, my parents were like, I remember when I started my, my period, my mom handed me a Bible and like told me nothing i was like <laughs> they didn't tell me anything <laughs> we're not like that like we're very open we discuss everything and like lia wears what she wants to he's not trying to stifle it but it's just like he he grew up in he was in michigan he was in detroit and going to new york and he was going all over the place as a child and so um you know the things that lia likes like he's not familiar with i guess yeah you know? and it's kind of I, I think that's just it it's like he doesn't understand um uh, what being nighty means. people might all night at my school and like I'm like, yay. And then Daryl's like, like what does that <laughs> like what do you what do you mean by that? And so you definitely but it also at the same time, like she's still very, you know, very young. Yeah. So I told him I'm like, she's a genuine kid and she's enjoying her childhood and she's not trying to grow up faster than she needs to and just give her that space. Right. I think um Yeah, I think kind of like what you're saying, Tony. too, like you don't want to, I definitely don't want to stifle her her creativity or anything about her. And I celebrate it even, um, you know, to the point where I am now watching um, Naruto. (laughs) I started watching the show because like, she talks about it all the time. And I'm like, okay, I want to watch that Um, or figure out what, what, what she's connecting with, where, you know, Daryl may not necessarily have that patience or desire to learn Japanese right now.
2: I think that you and uh, Daryl have our, Jared and I's juxtaposed. Like I'm more like Daryl and Jared is more like you. He's much more encouraging of Una's like very different and extravagant uh, interests, you know, or even just things like K-pop. Like I have no patience for that, you know, and Jared Jared will take her to see the BTS and ITZY and BLACKPINK or whoever's in town. Um, but I can't handle it, you know, <laughs> I won't even play it in my car. I was like, you gonna listen to mama's music in the car. Cause I can't handle it, <laughs> and, but I try, I'm trying, I think I have to just be more conscious of it because my, my gut reaction is no, you have to be good at school and a good girl. You know, like you just, I'm very authoritarian is my first gut reaction. And that's not going to do me any favors when she gets into teenage years. Well, you've been through this Nikki, how, how did you, how did your teens fare? like my teens like me or my kids your kids
1: because of the type of teenager I was my I was like okay first of all I was raised by teenagers straight up which gave me a lot of leeway even though my dad was extremely strict he was you know he had two sides he had his side which was just like a funny crazy I call him a, pro- a professional big brother you know, because he was just like annoying and funny and just always doing all these tricks and all that stuff. Um, playful. And then he would have his mode called mean daddy. He's like, do you want me to be mean daddy? And I was like, Oh, I don't want mean daddy coming. So that's, that's how that was. And they gave me a lot of room to just be me. They let me walk through all of my stages. They made me walk, let me dress however I want. Cut my hair how I want, dye my hair whatever colors I want. Freaking, they let me do whatever the hell I want. The only part that my dad actually, the one time my dad stepped up, he's like, How many holes you got in your head? And when I was piercing my ears and stuff, my best friend like mm-hmm. pierced our ears and stuff. He was not with that for whatever weird reason that was his mind. But, um, so they let me just develop into me. They let me change whatever I want. They let me draw and do you know, paint all over my doors and paint all over my walls. They're very lenient and I think this was their teenage nature in the inside that did that. As long as but you know, with and with my parents, as long as I was handling business, I got to do whatever the hell I want. That's the caveat. You know? If you're handling business, you're getting good grades, freaking do what you want.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: I give my it's like my my report card was my ticket to freedom. If they saw all those A's on that I could do whatever the hell I want. I can cut my shit. I can do whatever the hell I want. But the moment that they saw me deviate, then they would attack my freedom. Right? So with Julian, it was kind of the same thing. I mean, he was dealing with, you know, who he was. And, you know, and he had his own little, like, identity stuff, as all teenagers do. And he was just a funky little kid. And then he was, like, very when he came from, let me see, when he went from sixth grade to seventh grade um, to start liking a lot of metal, which is fine because I would show him stuff. And then I felt like I created a monster, um, but a beautiful monster because he was just like in love with black metal. And I take him in. And the thing is, it's like he was learning classical guitar and classical. And if you guys, you guys know music, if you learn classical guitar, as soon as you put a, effects on classical guitar, it becomes black metal. Right. some effects. Right? And I think once I said that to him, it just blew his mind. And so he was that. So he had that. He was into it. He put on the uniform, right? So he has, like, his boots were, like, this high. And mm-hmm. they were, I mean, like, you know, the, I'm talking about the soles. They came all over his knees. He's black metal, everything. And I'm just giggling. I'm like, yeah, you get it. That's cool, yeah. You know, about the body that likes the body, you know? And <laughs> I'm do with it, but I let him go. Because I know that I wanted him to take that journey through every forest that he could find. Because all he's going to do is collect information and things that he loves. And wherever he lands, it's going to be a good place where he is very well-rounded. Right. I would never be like, that's some nerdy-ass shit. You don't need to be because uh, it's kind of true my parents did at a certain point i remember them walking in a few things i'm a date myself but when i was in <laughs> like fifth grade my mom comes in and she's and i'm like first day of school i'm walking out she looks at me she goes hey what happened to you you used to dress and look so pretty but now you just look like cindy lopper <laughs> <laughs> i went yeah and i, I was like she can not compliment me anymore i was a fifth grader then when i was in junior high my mom comes in one time and i'm listening to like freaking the cure 101 and she comes in and she's like why does this person sound so damn depressed all the time (laughs) (laughs) right just to test her but they let me go you know and then after that so there was only like three comments in my whole childhood but they let me wear and do whatever the fuck I wanted. So with Julian, I let him do it. And I really think how you're going to empower them, empower them in their journeys. Because if you let them feel confident in where they're going, they're just going to collect goodness anywhere they go. It doesn't matter where they are, but if they can extrapolate something that they can jive with and create and make something wonderful out of it, you're creating a well-rounded, awesome human being. Now, just by nature, just by the natural bend of how we're raised, they're going to come back home to whatever you are, whatever you do, whatever you have in your house. They're going to love the art. They're going to do this and that. They're going to draw on it because after they take all these journeys and all these different places, they're going to they're gonna have to define who they are and they're going to revert back to who you are, but they're going to come back with all of this knowledge and all this really cool stuff. They're just going to make you proud. So don't be like, don't go there. Don't go there don't do that. That's dorky. That's stupid. That's some white people shit. That is, that's the yeah. That's crazy. Like, uh, uh-uh. uh don't do that. Let them do it.
2: Let them get as punk rock or country or whatever the fuck they going to do. And then when they're done. I don't mind her doing all this stuff. Honestly, I'm, I encourage it. I just, I feel bad because I don't want to do it with her. <laughs> and so I, cause she wants me to, she wants me to like the things she likes. She wants to share it. And so I have to really make myself. All right, ladies, of the stuff we watched, what's your recommendation to our listeners? Hmm. I think I would go with Uploaded and Raising Dion.
1: I would go with Raising Dion. That'd be my choice. Yeah. I would go with Raising Dion. I would definitely go with Uploaded just because it provides such wonderful conversation. What a concept, you know? I don't, but honestly, I don't see why that's like an ethnic thing, but I think it's dope. <laughs> <laughs> ethnic stuff on that? Uh, if unless you're talking about how the parents, the dad was like,
0: you know, connected
1: to this spirituality versus like digital business. Right. I, I don't know, but it was a cool show.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. This was fun, ladies. I'm going to let you go because it's late. Um, I think we should do this again. Yeah, I think we should do it for funsies. I think so too.
1: What <laughs> ninety day fiance? <laughs> <laughs> all versions now. They they have all kinds of different ones. Dating around because right before, like when I glance backwards at the television a little bit, like There's a dating around Brazil now, so I'm like, uh oh. I'm down for that. Yeah.
2: yeah. So all right, ladies, it was good to see your faces. I love you. Love you. See you. Your sunshine would never
0: you empty, and attempt to remember me Remember your beauty Your sun shone but now burns I gifts. you empty, and attempt to remember me Remember your beauty I arrive forgetting,
1: forgotten Tripping tipsy over turbulence Pulling for surface, spitting muck To still me, stilling me Abandoned stranger I bring to a voice swallowing
0: smothered smothered me Self unseen My scenes willingly
2: separate where names shift breathe fury
0: catastrophe Agitate for
1: harmony I gift you infamy I gift